This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Mark, what do you have tied to your microphone stand? It is an origami uh, butterfly that... uh, you know Jesse uh, Cummins. Uh, he had uh, you know had some health problems and I, oh okay mobile digit yeah I uh, one of our listeners mm-hmm, and I you know sent a little uh, wish that he got better and and things like that that things mm-hmm. would go well and um, he sent a thank you back and uh, in it was a you know a little origami butterfly so I decided I was going to put the origami butterfly up on my mic stand here that's cool you can probably see that through the the cam yep. from the website I told him to look. Very cool. All right. All right. 800-259-9231 as we kick off yet another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live. We will start things out with your phone calls. That is what the show is about, your calls about anything. We go to the amp line. To Zach in South Carolina, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, before I uh, got to what I wanted to talk about, I heard Paula on the podcast from Saturday talking about the Merovingians and all those people ruling the world. And um, I've done a bit of research on my family tree and found out that descended from those Merovingians and all those families, but uh, I'm not seeing any of the money or power that's supposed to come with them, so I'm wondering <laughs> well, where that is. Which one would you prefer, money or power? I'd take the money. Oh, that's good. When good you libertarian. Start doing, when, money, you start doing the, when you start doing the math, um, and uh, you, you, this is how ancestry works, when you start doing the math and backing it out, you'll realize that at some point or another, we're all related to everyone. <laughs> um, and it's not even that far back. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't work with this, I've got, uh, I've got uh, this ancestry and that ancestry, and this family's been ruling the world, because then we all would be. Was this that we're all supposed to be somehow tied in? I didn't hear because I was away. Uh, we're all these these people happen to be tied in to the Merovingians sort of... run run the world. I see. And yes. you, are you aware of what a Merovingian? Yeah, there's actually about a one in twenty chance that any person alive today is descended from that line. Sure. At at some at some level, you know, I mean, it, there's there's just you have so many ancestors that yeah. So Zach, what else is on your mind tonight? Well, I had. Um, Good news about two different bills in South Carolina. I want to talk about firemen and lap dancing. But, uh, yeah, do tell. What, what about together. firemen and lap dancing? There's <laughs> actually two different bills. Um, one bill has just been introduced to allow volunteer fire departments to charge a service fee for every time they're called out to a location, which okay. sounds like a good step in the direction towards um, uh, more privatized, Fee-based. Yeah, why? It, at, at that the level, if, if they can charge, if, if a volunteer fire department can charge a fee for coming out and people feel like it's too much, then somebody else can start another volunteer fire department and charge less. And compete. Great, yeah. I love it. Although I, I think as a homeowner, I would prefer the idea, and I understand this is, this is created by government, so they're not, they're not looking to really make people happy here. I, I think I would prefer the idea of paying in advance. I'd like to buy a fire insurance policy yeah, like and have some very specific rules set out, you know, as far as response time and, and that sort of thing. I, that's ideally what I would like to have, though. 
that's probably quite a ways off. Uh, it'd be better than just you know having to to deal with whatever arbitrary fee the government decides would be appropriate or this particular agency decides would be appropriate. Right. You know, to slap me with at that time. It's better to pay in advance, even if I'm not going to use their services. That way, I'll have them at my beck and call, and I'll know in advance what it is I have to pay every single year. Yeah. Zach, any other thoughts? What was the other thing? Prostitutes and uh, lap dancing. I know this. There was a discussion about this bill on the BBS. I can't remember if it's been on the show any, but there was a bill to ban lap dancing and keep dancers at least six feet away from patrons. Didn't and they do that, that Mark, in uh, in Manatee County, down where we came from, in um, Florida? This, the six-feet rule, as I recall, was in Tampa. Okay, because I can say that sounded familiar. Six-feet rule? They don't even have a six-feet rule for basketball. Come on. <laughs> I believe in Manatee County they had to have something covering their, uh, their anal yeah, pasties. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't what make up this term. term. <laughs> I didn't make it up. You know, government in trying to stop the, all this lasciviousness makes things just even worse. Like, what? ooh, now, let now me my hear question... that term again. I want to read the bill. Ooh. My question is, how did I end up being the uh, the, la- the the stripper uh, expert here on the show? <laughs> well, you're the one that's been to all the strip clubs. All the strip clubs? <laughs> I've been so, to a few. So Zach has you this, certainly strip club magazine. He's got the ratings. <laughs> has this gone through this uh, this particular legislation, or is this proposed? I missed that point. No, this was defeated in the House committee last week. Actually. Oh, defeated! Oh, that's lovely. Great. Well, good in, to know. In South Carolina, yeah. Yeah, there's just some, apparently there's some okay stuff going on politically in South Carolina, though I'm sure Zach is filtering out all the bad news for us. He likes to call with the good news about what's happening in South Carolina, but it's always with politics. You know, if you get one step forward, there's always two to five steps that are taken back at the exact same time. Yeah, so. you know, I suppose if you're on a raft and you see the island off in the distance, it's nice to think, about the island and not to think about the swarm of sharks that are circling underneath you. So I'll stay point. on the positive a little bit. Yeah, Zach, that's thanks good. for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Dave in Athens listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. I got a great idea. Okay. Use ethanol for fuel and when supply the local economy with money instead of be dependent on Middle Eastern oil and or that would mean less government involvement in our life. You are you are joking, right? No. Yeah, the ethanol thing it's, isn't. It's quite not working so out great. that great because it's huh? driving up uh, costs of corn. Um, you know, for one, uh, they're using corn instead of other things, and, and it's a guaranteed business for the corn producers, right? Yeah. So therefore. I think- I think that we should be free to use ethanol um, and that uh, people should be allowed to, you know, uh, inform their customers and mix that into fuel. But uh, the requirements. Yeah. Having just, having the uh, government get involved, it's always, you pain. know, I, I, would, I was talking about the sh- government involves bad, right? Yeah. 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 Last Generally week I was, I was discussing this on my show because finally the New York Times and some of these other agencies in the pop media are finally coming out and saying, Gee, maybe ethanol isn't such a good deal after all. Like, what were, were you people thinking? a year ago? I wrote yeah. an article for Fee about, you know, over a year ago about what was going to happen with gas prices and how they were piling all this stuff on, how, you know, field space was going to be devoted to corn, mm-hmm. all our costs were going to go up. And now all of a sudden we're like, oh, maybe ethanol's a bad idea. Well, yeah, you know, let people decide themselves right. about what they want to put in their tank, and you'll you'll see that what ends up happening is they decide really what is the most efficient way for them to operate their lives. And ethanol isn't right now. Dave, thank you. Hmm? 
Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you, no sir. No problem, man. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Better than that, of course, would be total uh, energy freedom in that we would not have the government people favoring certain energy organizations over others. Yeah. The oil business, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, you touched on this over the weekend, mentioning the subsidy that essentially the oil industry receives from the government in the form of a free military to go around the world and right. secure new uh, oil facilities for them. That costs a lot of money and would, co- you know, that kind of security would cost them some money in the marketplace, probably cost them less if they did it themselves. But the point being, the, the oil price here in America, the gas price is lower than where it probably would be in the regular marketplace. And and because of that, the other energy types out there aren't as they're, – they're not as competitive because – They're well, not getting the subsidies. Uh, you know, yeah. the other thing is is that the oil hin- industry is hindered in, um, in this, you know, so I don't know how it – I don't know what the prices would be like, and there's no way anyone can say yeah, that's true. because they the can't government's build new refineries. so involved. Right, there's the, yeah. uh, new refineries, and they really Regulations can't Regulations on drilling. Yeah, so that's you, true. you're right. It's such a mixed bag. And, of course, they pay such a huge amount in taxes. The corporate taxes are just gigantic. And everybody mm-hmm. talks about how ExxonMobil or the oil industry has made a corporate profits of $40 billion. Well, they paid $30 billion in taxes. So it's like, uh, okay, so yeah, it's it's very, to be able to calculate it is almost impossible now because they've got so much government involvement. And I, of course, also heard today that the price of, I think it was gasoline, has finally hit a all-time high. It has yeah. eclipsed now where it was, I think it was in 1981 or something right. like that. Inflation now, I don't know adjusted. if that's adjusted. Is that adjusted for yeah, it's, inflation? Yeah, it's inflation yeah. adjusted now, yeah. Well, that's even worse than <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty bad. You're More right. coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo and proved they listened to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents. They do wills, patents, living trusts, trademarks. You can use code FTL to save 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231 to the phones and the fun. Ziggy in the United Kingdom across the pond. Hey, Ziggy. Hi, guys. What's First on your mind? All, Ian and Mark, you need to be very careful because Gar is really a cyborg. Gard- <laughs> Gardner Goldsmith is a cyborg? Yeah, he what? is Demon Seed. And I want nerdy points from you, Gart, for mentioning that uh, a reference to a very cult film. <laughs> well, okay, so what is the evidence that Gardner Goldsmith is a cyborg? Sweaty in the kitchen. Wait, what, what, wait, what is the evidence that Gardner is a cyborg? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you, you want to have anything to you want me to tell him? And the emailer to his show um, pointed, warned us all that he sounded too much like an automaton. Yeah, she said Wait, I had what? no feelings. No. I, 
I got was it Friday? No, it was Thursday, right, Ziggy? Yeah, Thursday. All right, yeah. yeah I was doing my show and I, I was reading an email and I played the strong bad email thing. Like email, you know. So yeah. I did this email thing and this woman wrote in is like, you know, you're so precise or something. Sometimes you don't sound like you really care about anything. You you sound like you you have oh, no, no feelings. Prove to me you're not an android. <laughs> so oh, man. What I, yeah, what I did was I prepared this thing as Ziggy knows. I prepared this thing beforehand. And and had my voice go normally like, well, you know, I suppose I could prick my finger and bleed for you, but that wouldn't be enough, would it? And then as I get angrier and angrier, my voice slowly changed into an android voice. Oh, wow. Cool. That's cool, man. But it turned out I wasn't an android. I was actually a cyborg. I'm a human uh, android right. organism. So, kind of like Darth Vader. Yeah. It was very funny. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it, man. That's, that's uh, awesome. One, one last thing for you, Gart. Uh, don't forget to contact Nigel Meek about that pro-life article. Oh, definitely. Okay, no one knows what you're talking about. You, you can send emails about yeah. these things, Ziggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything relevant to our audience tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I think Paula might have been right about something, um, about uh, this polygamist. I can never pronounce that word. The polygamist uh, thing? Yeah, um, them being on welfare. Because um, I know that cults over here... That what they do uh, over here is they prey upon the homeless in London, and they offer them like refuge if they believe in God. You know, it, it, return they have to, you know, find salvation in, in the Lord. You know. Yeah, blah, we've got blah, them. Blah. They're, they're, they're called the Salvation uh, Army. They're, they're over here. Oh God. Yeah. Salvation Army's good um, group. You know, I didn't say they were a bad I, group. I, I, I said. I said that they they ask people to believe in the the Jesus and join their church thing in order to get help. That's what he was talking about. Maybe I misunderstood. Well, Ziggy. The... Um, no, what what I'm saying is that basically they they get but then they get them on welfare. Well, basically they they, they get them to to to, to find onto the dole. Huh. The, the, and this is a private charity that gets people on the dole. Yeah. Right. Basically, the, wow. the, 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 the the welfare pays for the church, the upkeep of the church. That's pretty sick. So, so yeah. do you think that? Um, and it wouldn't put, put, so I wouldn't put it past any mm. any 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 cult in the U.S. Hmm. Hmm. Thanks for the call um, tonight, Ziggy. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The first part was good with a gardener cyborg thing. That was something we well, could relate you know, to. The cult mm-hmm. thing Please is, don't use our phones to pass messages around. The cult thing is, is not so interesting, mailman. and I know that you you guys have been speaking about this a little bit. Um, I haven't been able to get. Like, you know, just today there are these rumors floating around or these reports on the Internet that the woman who blew the whistle, supposedly, this anonymous tipster or something like that, they've discovered her identity and they're investigating her. But the reports that I've read, they give no details on this. I don't understand anything about it. And if it's if it's the case that this woman is being investigated, it it's starting to indicate to me that maybe her claims are bogus. I don't understand that. Um, but then the the well, federal officials. She wasn't officials, a tipster. She was a, the woman who called. Well, there's the tipster and then the woman. There's a tipster. Right. The woman called the tipster. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. I think you're using tipster to reference like a women's help shelter. Is that right. what you mean? The woman that she talked to at the women's help shelter. I see. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So the original woman. They're the investigating now. The caller. Right. The crank caller. Saying that she's, she's essentially a hoaxer. Bogus. Yeah. Right. But yet the the authorities, wink, wink, are mm-hmm. saying we still have plenty of evidence to hold these people responsible for terrible things. I don't know enough about it. You know, I don't want to think that that girls are being abused or terrible things are going on. But uh, I certainly don't think that the state is going to be helping a, a situation 
Uh, any I better than is, private communities could, could yeah. you know, ferret out and weed out their own problems. Uh, I, I think basically I see this event, uh, this stealing of 416 children as being just an incredible human tragedy story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just awful. The idea that these kids have been taken away from their families and are now in state custody and could end up in foster homes where there's probably a far better chance of them being abused. They... All had the, you know, they all could have left. There was a a 17-year-old girl that said she was brought to this compound, Mm -hmm. and they, when she got there, they found a father for her or whatever. They found a a man for her to marry. Oh, a mate, yeah. Uh, Uh And she, she said in her interview that she had the choice. She could have left or she could have stayed. So it wasn't as though these people were being coerced, brainwashed maybe. But coerced? No. Well, you know, it's the thing is, these people, we're putting them in this group, and this is one of the places where groups really fail. Hmm. Yeah, they live inside a gated community, but then again, so do a lot of people um, you know, that live in gated communities. If somebody in a gated community abuses or rapes their daughter, um, does that make it okay for the police to come in and take everybody's kid? No. No. But it, yeah. it, it, it even makes if they're as, all Catholics, it or makes Christian. as much sense as saying, "Well, the, the the pines on the lake over there, those people are nuts." Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. They've gotten a lot of bad press, and therefore it seems it seems well, to be okay for us to to go after them. It's a very very clear way to look at it. And in particular, even if you are going to go by the state rationale, taking every kid out of there. Uh, clearly would not be the right answer. That's right. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I yeah. am a super genius. Well, yeah. since you guys brought it up, or since it was brought up, uh, do, I do have another story about this. We've been following it and, and covering it for the past few weeks. Yeah. And uh, this one's from CBS, cbsnews.com. Apparently, many of the men in the polygamous sect in El Dorado didn't know that it's illegal to marry someone under 18. Well... Shouldn't they be spending all their time reading the law books of the state of Texas so they can know exactly what the laws are? Well, how dare they? How dare they deign to live their lives and farm their food or whatever the hell it is they do on that uh, plantation of theirs? How dare they deign to live their lives on their own without... Just paging through tome after tome of Texas law so they can understand the bizarre world that surrounds them. Now, I I understand why it is that people would say um, that, you know, it's it's not a good idea for girls to be married at age 14 or whatever age it is that they're doing. I I haven't heard anything lower than 14, but even lower. But, you know, marriage certainly is something that can affect your life uh, in the long run, having kids even more so. But kids can do all kinds of things that um, affect the rest of their lives. Are you saying that a child shouldn't be able to cross the street because it could get hit hit by a car? There's more here, by the way, from the guys, from the men of the FLDS cult. Uh, They have been speaking out, and we'll see what they have to say. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and get them right there from the front page of the website. Click and download for free. 
at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI for all your collection needs. 1-800-259-9231. So talking still about the polygamy people, the sect, as they are being called, from El Dorado, Texas. As you may be aware, a few weeks ago at this point, the federal – I keep saying federal – Felt, it felt that federal. Feel. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was the Stadies. The uh, state of Texas went in there and they went into this compound, 1,700 acre plot of land with uh, buildings on it. They went in and they, they stole 416 children away from their families. They allowed the mothers at that point to accompany them, which apparently is unusual for the government people. Normally, if they steal your kids, you aren't allowed to even know where they're taking them. But they did allow the uh, the mothers to come along, and I believe it was only because they had stolen so many kids, and they had no other way to take care of them. Right, yeah. Then, as more volunteers started they're getting, to... They're getting their ducks in a row now. Right. As more volunteers started to step up to take care of the kids, they then cut off most of the mothers from access to their children. They then allowed only the mothers with kids under the age of four to stay with their kids. And then, at the end of last week, we discovered that the judge had ruled that, at this point, they have to cut off all of the mothers. So at this point, all of the kids have been separated from their mothers, with the exception of those mothers who are under the age of 18, because they're still in state custody. So, I mean, they have taken these kids who have been raised to believe that the outside world is evil, that the outside world is a place that they sh- they should not go, and if they were to go, they should go with caution, and uh, that, they're- you know... That- Proving everything that the kids are told. Right. They absolutely are. I mean, now instead of a comfortable home, I'd seen some of the pictures from inside of the compound. It looked very nice on the inside. It wasn't like they were being kept in jail cells. They were comfortable. Instead of their comfortable uh, comfortable home they lived in with their uh, friends and, and their family, they're now being kept in a coliseum. Or actually, that was the last place we heard. Rumor is, or word is, that they've moved them out to other locations at, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess maybe to, I don't know what they're thinking, to keep them away from their parents or whatever. I don't think that these uh, these polygamists are going to mount an armed raid on any facilities. It no, seems they let, like they're no. being very obedient. To yeah, the they state. let the kid. They, they let the authorities take 416 of their children away. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems to me that uh, if there was going to be, defended it. Yeah, if there was going to be some kind of shootout, then it would have been over that. And right. honestly, if they're take if they're stealing your kids, when is it time to shoot? That's a great yeah, question. That's a great, yeah. You know, and, and that's one of the problems with the state. They really have no ability to be able to attenuate and have a so- – if, if their hand is soft, it's going to be too soft, and people are going to be upset. And if it's mm. hard, it's going to be too hard, and people are going to yeah, die. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, you look because... at Waco, that's, you know, one extreme. Uh, these guys that have their families taken away. And then you have the other side, which is if the state doesn't intervene in time, they're in trouble. So You're, you're absolutely right here. I, I hadn't really considered that. But the state is um, stuck in a quandary because it's supposed to be – it's supposed to be the arm of everyone. Right. This is the people. The will of the people is in action here in El Dorado, Texas, a which is a bunch of nonsense. Of hooey is what yeah. it is, and it's certainly not my will. It's not the will of those four hundred or, or those four hundred kids. Not the will of the it's, hundreds of parents. It, no. Absolutely, it, it, like it's hooey. But at, yeah. at the same time, that's the concept: is that it's the will of the people being enacted, and it's 
so therefore, everybody gets to second guess what the state's doing. However, when Free Talk Live does something, you know, my business does something, well, we can, Ian and I make a decision, we do whatever we want, and uh, if you don't like our decision, go yeah, take a yeah, long absolutely. walk off a short yeah, pier. Right, right. You know, it's incredible to think about these these kids being separated from their parents like this. Obviously, the prosecutors are going to want to be interviewing all these. What a nightmare oh my for these, these kids. And They've been submitted to, to testing. For uh, they're getting DNA testing going on. They're having probably getting rape checked by doctors. You know, rape checks, right? And right. they're getting is, raped in order to be checked. This is very, in, you know, a very yeah. invasive thing, uh, especially for kids that they don't even know anything about the outside world except that it's bad. Let me get to this uh, little, uh, a couple quotes from this story from CBS News. Uh, they're they're interviewing some of the the fathers from the uh, the compound, and they, by the way, only give their first names, which. Is great. I love that good, part about that. Good for them. <laughs> uh, so they said that they weren't aware of the law in the first place, which I think makes sense. Uh, Julia was telling me today that we'd had this gambling disobedience thing over the weekend, and one of her coworkers said he didn't know gambling was illegal. People don't know these things. I mean, we take it for granted because we do a show where we're tied into the news. Yeah. Right? But if we weren't tied into the news, there's not like a war on gambling, so it's not a real. Uh, you know, it's not like they're advertising the anti-gambling laws or anything like that. So who is supposed to, how is anybody really seriously supposed to know what the laws are? How are you supposed to know? There are no just so many of them. That. It's true, yeah. But, uh, but one of these guys said here that I think that they have a very false perception of the way we live because we're closed-mouthed. They assume a lot of things that aren't there. Asked by the interviewer if he was saying older men don't marry adolescent girls in the compound, the man replied, I didn't say that at all, but I think that people have a false concept of what our religion is all about. To say they're sexually abused and that people here are, they haven't found anything to my knowledge that proves that, but I think that overall they look at us as if we're immoral people, and in our own makeup, that is the very most important part of our religion, is to be morally clean. I have a hard time standing here being a criminal when I had no idea that I'm a criminal. I've always strived to be an upright man, and my children and my family, everyone that I know love me, and I love them. These men seem like okay guys to me, and they just have a different... Viewpoint. They have a different set of values than many Americans do. Right. And that's what this is really all about. It's it about really punishing is. them for that. It's absolutely what it is. Is Those people are different. Uh, everything I've heard about them is scary, and I, I don't like them. Well, and, you know, even if you were to give the benefit of the doubt to the state authorities who got this tip, and you were to accept the state paradigm to say, oh, it is the responsibility of the state to go in and protect children who are being preyed upon and they got a tip and so therefore the gears must operate and that's the way it has to go and if there is some inconvenience or discomfort well really this has to be done to protect these children even if you think that uh you know i'm not hearing anything that really indicates to me except claims by the state that they've got some terrible things that happen to these people and it seems to me like we were talking about earlier it seems to me that the way that they have gone about this because of the procedural requirements of the state to do these things in a certain way mm-hmm. are are ripping these families apart yep. uh, and you know even if there's this care. one case like you said yeah they're they're way over the top on that thing and yeah. now they're forcing all of the uh, mothers and fathers 
to uh, have DNA testing done. You know, I've been gotta, ordered to do I, that. I, I, and well, that doesn't make any sense why they want why they want so badly to figure out whose kid belongs to They claim to they want to keep the brothers and sisters together. Okay, for, well, well isn't that special? Really the um the thing is is if you're going to take my kids away, you need to tell me what it is that I'm charged with. You know, what have I done wrong? And these people have not done anything wrong that, um, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, no. maybe maybe here's a, here's an idea. I had suggested over the weekend that the DNA testing was paperwork, and you said that maybe it was just they wanted to keep files on people because that's what government likes to do is if they can get information from you, they'll they'll try to. But what if it's possible that they're testing everyone's DNA to find out uh, who came from what bloodlines to where they can then charge the men with having sex with underage girls or something but i mean if if one of these kids is a certain is is underage and they can prove whose Paternity. mother they came from yeah, yeah prove who the mother was and the father was and then, and then if the mother is only like 22 and the kids you know 16 mm-hmm. then they'll mm-hmm. be able to subtract and they'll figure out who the mother was and then they'll know who the father was and then they can bring charges against these guys so yeah. that could be what it's for it could be to to try to charge these guys with statutory rape could be. 1-800-259-9231, and they're walking right into the trap. They are going along with the court order to, uh, to to get these DNA tests done. When I wish these people would, I just wish they'd refuse. I mean, they've already stolen your kids from you. You think you're going to get them back by jumping through the state's hoops at this point? Seems unlikely to me. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Again, is the Sickle CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website if you like the show. And you enjoy the website, then you can buy some stuff from us. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. Get a look at some great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts and hoodies and more. Load up your shopping cart. Store.freetalklive.com. As we continue the polygamy conversation, we go to the phone lines to talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Hello, Gene. Well, hello there, guys. Uh, Ian, I'm a little bit disappointed in you because normally you're, a lo- oh, you're normally much tougher on the religious types, and you're kind of slacking off on this, this particular issue. It suits his now, purposes. What do you mean, tougher? I, I mean... I don't understand. Yeah, you need to you need to be tougher on. Uh, you're always said you've got a history of being tougher on the religious types. Now it's obvious to me that these people are not following God's will, and it's a, and the government, as an arm of God, after all, they're anointed by God to have this kind of power. <laughs> the government's duty is to go in and waco these people. I mean, it's clear to me. We need that, tanks and tear gas. Is your tongue firmly in your cheek or what? <laughs> I never thought I'd be laughing at you. What's that? No, I'm serious. I'm dead serious now. The, the government is God's right arm, and so they have to go in there. And what does God want to do with these people? He wants to put them in judgment before his judgment seat. And the only way he can do that is if they're dead. So the government needs to go in there, kill these people. That way God can sort them out and determine which ones are good and which ones are bad. So the government did wrong then in this case is what you're saying. They should have they killed should have the killed kids them. and burned the parents, them. right? Burned them alive. Yeah, a little a little bit of napalm, you know, maybe some of those bunker busters. Some CS gas. It probably would have saved the taxpayers a, a lot of money taking care of all those. We've, we've to got a lot of, of lot of good tools that the government could use to solve this problem. Instead, they waste all this money to round these kids up and 
feed them and clothe them. When I, uh, you know, a little bit of napalm would have solved the problem. Just lickety split. <laughs> and you know, from what I hear, Nancy Sinatra was looking for some more publicity for these boots made for walking, so they could have gone out for a couple yeah. days and blasted the well, stereo. You know what I'm going to do? I'm writing a letter because I want Janet Reno back. <laughs> Well, you know, it wasn't the feds, and so maybe the Texas state government isn't quite as violent, or maybe they've learned their lesson from Waco, and they, they figured out that it would be better PR if they just stole the kids from the parents as opposed to burn out their, uh, to burning out their homes. See, it's, it doesn't yeah, seem to mean, be they're... affecting people. I mean, it doesn't seem to be affecting uh, public opinion in that there's still a, a kind of a fascination amongst uh, a lot of Americans about what the cult was all about. And the Americans, I don't think, are too concerned with the fact that they've just had their uh, kids stolen from them. So it's probably well, it a little better PR than burning kids alive. Just, just goes to show you the government is inefficient because, you know, we do have a food shortage, and those 413 <laughs> kids, they eat a lot of food. You know, God. Gene, do you have any real feelings about this? I, I'm yeah. curious as to how the Christian anarch anarchist uh, feels on this one with the, uh, the polygamy compound. I think the, uh, the the cult members should have shot back. That's what I think. Yeah, that, well, that goes back to what Mark's question was. If the if the state government people are coming to your house to take your kids, at what point is it appropriate, especially with, with without charges and without any kind yeah. of uh, evidence at all? You can't get much more personal than that. And if you can't lay down your life to protect your own kids, then when when are you going to lay it down? Well, yeah. the evidence yeah. is most Americans aren't. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Thanks you know, for the I, call, I, Gene. Appreciate Thanks. it, man. You know, I think part of it comes from this the, this facade of civility that the state has. This yeah. this this mass brainwashing that we out have. There. It you didn't know, look too civil. Well, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned brainwashing before. Mm -hmm. What kind of brainwashing are we dealing with oh, under man. the state? Yeah, it's... you know, we're raised to think, oh, well, they're the attenuation, they're the blanket that can make everything comfortable. And so we really have to have them there. I, I talked about this on uh, Saturday night with uh, a woman who claimed that uh, all these children were victims of Stockholm Syndrome. All 14, uh, 416 of them. So that's a lot of Stockholm. You know, that's yeah. a lot of Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. Um, yeah. and a lot of people to, uh, you know, claim that on. And I asked her, well, is it possible that we have Stockholm Syndrome dealing with the government? That uh, you know, yeah, there's this totally. big um, oh, oh, oppressive force out there that that we believe is good and benevolent because it's just been around and oppressing us so mm -hmm. long. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was uh, I was out when I was down in Pittsburgh. Uh, I heard this, uh, this. I was in a hotel and somebody had like the national anthem or something playing someplace, and somebody said, "Oh, you know, that's very stirring for me." And you know, I had just heard a talk radio host talking about how he heard some other great song you know this national song and i thought what does it what does it mean that you're stirred for military conquest well mark I, I, should answer that question because you get kind of woozy when you hear the pledge of allegiance i like all that stuff yeah i must you get say. the best verse when someone sings the uh, national anthem mm, but I, you, I do yeah come I, on. It's, <laughs> oh my <laughs> Well, as a kid, you know, uh, I was raised, uh, one of my teachers was a terrific sort of conservative woman, very traditional, and she came from the old style conservative thing, but she was sort of a, a small town government conservative, Get, keep the federal government out, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So it was it was probably a good learning process for me, and then I experienced a libertarian guy in high school, and that really got me into things. But she was always, you know, Pledge of Allegiance, National Anthem, mm -hmm. you know, all these different types of things. And I, I've been doing some more reading on um, on some of the things that drew us into World War II, and and even the nationalistic fervor 
about that, the way that Roosevelt handled things, you just say to yourself, you know, really, I just I just can't buy into this stuff. I've got to stay away from this and, and lean to the individual. We need an individual anthem. You I know? love that idea. I don't know what it could be, uh, you know, but, I mean, there are plenty of rock songs for that, but it would be great if you, if you could get sisters, that. Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it? Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to take it, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, but, yeah, there's a great song by Electric Frankenstein called Get Off My Back, but... Yeah, I'm, know, I'm thinking in the popular vote that won't win. No, and, and this is the thing. It's it's very strange because here we all are individualists, and we come together on the air on, on your show and then on, on my show, and we have uh, large groups that are formed of these individuals, and we have this feeling that, you know, things uh, things that stir us the same way that the other group the groups out there do for groupthink. Yeah. And it's a, it's a strange thing to, to think, you know, I used to be stirred by that, but I'm not anymore. That's, that's fascinating. And it's so effectively inculcated in them in, yeah. in that when we talk to people on the air, they have, even if they consider themselves conservatives, right? You know, the conservative is supposedly more tuned into the individual. Right. But they're all brainwashed to the point where they use terms like, we do this yeah, as, a, right. as the country. We saved France. And, and, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. It, it's so, it is just so thorough. Yeah, how many Frenchmen did you drag out of the rubble? Yeah. Well, uh, now, the, the, <laughs> the question, I, you know, when I hear national anthem and I see certain patriotic symbols, what I think of is the individual. I think of that spirit. That the indomitable American spirit that uh, you know is founded in liberty, and so I feel those things when I hear the national anthem and, and see the flag, and you know I my favorite little guy is Captain America. Yeah, yeah. So I think that the, I think those can be wrapped up together. I think I well it's it, it's funny because I, I look at like here's a good example. Right now a lot of you know conservative talk hosts are all talking about. Did you watch that John Adams show? Did you watch that John Adams show? I was like. No, if it had been about Sam Adams, I would watch it. But I don't know if I'm really too inclined to watch about John Adams because he was a little too centrist for me. They're like, what? I was like, well, you know, he was in favor of the revolution, but Sam Adams was much more radical than he was. Sam Mm -hmm. Adams is the guy who, you know, dumped the tea and, you know. Sons of Liberty, right? Sons of Liberty, yeah. These these guys were real radical people. The mechanics that was the core group of the Sons of Liberty, they were really radical guys. They were real spies and, you know. They got into some dangerous situations, and John was sort of he played it played it on both sides. He represented mm-hmm. the guys in the Boston Massacre and stuff, and he was a lawyer, so he was sort of part of the state side. And I say, you know, what they did back then was admirable, and and I I think you know given their situation, I think they they pushed for some great things. But if you read stuff by Albert J. Nock and and other people out there, you know, our enemy of the state, man. You know, he's highly critical of many of the founding fathers, including George Washington. So many libertarians recognize some of the things that Washington did, helping found the central bank that, that Hamilton wanted to push in, mm-hmm. uh, going on, you know, uh, uh, pushing troops onto the uh, the well, whiskey even Jefferson rebellion. owned slaves, uh, so yeah. these guys were certainly not principled. And Jefferson uh, sent out the uh, the navy against the uh, Barbary pirates, Barbary, Barbary pirates right. in Tripoli. Um, Although, uh, yeah, that's interesting because yeah, Congress was supposed to be the one to go after. But he uh, waited till they were out of session. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is one of the this is one of the problems with the idea of going back to the Constitution. The the guys back then, sure, for their time, they had some good ideas. Yeah. But now we've progressed and we've evolved and we've moved further in our thinking and we've come to the point where we understand now that a totally voluntary society is the uh, the great ideal and that is what we should be working toward. We should not be working towards going back to what it was like in the 1700s. I, you know, I think you got a great point, Ian, and I think one of the greatest points 
points to uh, at, at least dr- try to drive home to conservatives who try to stick up for the Constitution. And I will stick up for the Constitution if I'm dealing with politicians who are swearing an, o- an oath to uphold that document. Sure. Then I'm going to nail them and I'll rip them to shreds. Right. But uh, I think it behooves us to stress to conservatives a bunch of words on a piece of paper are not going to stop the tendencies of politicians to increase the size of government. It's so just so not it'll appear. More on the way here. Hour 2 is coming up. Tom in New Hampshire, your calls about whatever you want. There's a hunger strike planned for the summertime. And we'll tell you about that. And this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live is your show if you dial in and take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. And we launch here in hour number two of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. That toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, we go. Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Hello, Tom. Yeah, as you know, I've been uh, I told you about the 1933 gold confiscation, which is kind of scary. But there, whatever your issue happens to be, I have uh, something that may update the situation here. I went down to the Nashua Public Library, where they've got the news coverage of these kinds of things, and uh, the uh, the Nashua Telegraph is on microfilm back there. And unlike the last time I was there, you know, like if you find something interesting on a news clip on microfilm, you could plunk a quarter in there and print up this paper copy that kind yeah. of resembles yeah. what you look at the screen. Sure. Now they've got uh, the microfilm readers wired up kind of like a scanner so that uh, it's wired up to a computer. Mm-hmm. So then you, you can make a digital file, uh, an image of what you see on the microfilm reader and then you can save that to the CD and take the CD home. And now you've got these pictures uh, with instead of going through another generation of, you know, a poor quality print and then scan that oh, on, that's a, good. on your scanner. Hooray so for technology. Is, uh, yeah, it's a, a major step forward because I'm sure a lot of people uh, live in cities that have recently acquired such technology. And whether it's the confiscation or the, the war between the states or the internment, of uh, U.S. citizens of Japanese ancestry, or whatever, whatever the story is, you know, I mean, you can document it a lot better on and put it on the internet a lot easier now. Yeah. That's okay. a good point. Yeah. So instead and, of you're talking about the generation effect, where if you've got microfilm and it goes out to a printer, uh, you're losing a generation, and then if you take you that paper scan and it. scan it in, you then you lose another generation there. Yeah, so. it's a lot clearer what I've got in my hand here than uh, it would have been if I had printed it out the Great. other way. And the other thing is about the, the use of word power. I've, I've not mentioned to you that to deter is good and to intimidate is bad, even though they mean the same thing. Okay? Yeah, you have these people saving up their money, and that's a wise thing. That's prudence, and prudence, of course, is a virtue. Yeah, well, and, especially when money has real value, it makes sense to save it. Yeah, well, what they were doing, see, they weren't saving. They were hoarding gold. Mm. Oh, hoarding yeah. Hoarding is bad, just like a compound 
is bad. Look down there in Texas. Right. Compounds are bad. Well, these people weren't saving, which would be prudent. They were hoarding, hoarding gold. Mm. Let me give you – can I give you a couple of uh, good ones from this uh, this article here? This is an article from the 1930s about the gold seizure. Yeah. yeah that's right. Okay. The president's order requiring the turning in of hoarded gold <laughs> at the time – and at the same time, providing that gold shall be available for all proper purposes yeah, right. is an expected step. I mean, as if hoarding is an improper purpose, okay, this, but is an expected step in the process of regularizing our monetary position and furnishing adequate banking and currency facilities for all customary needs. Oh, gold held in private hoards, he said, serves no useful purpose under present circumstances. When added to the stock of the Federal Reserve Bank, it serves as a basis for currency and credit. Yes, wow. of course. Uh, oh, well, the... you know, we want that money. <laughs> yeah, and we all know that the Federal Reserve had been providing so much currency and credit that the gold became relatively very, very valuable, and the money that they were putting out was worthless. That's why people were well, holding their gold. Well, here's the other thing, of course. Then they devalued the U.S. dollars that they paid these people right. for their gold. And if you know that the <laughs> dollar is going to be devalued, then, of course, the crooks in Washington, the select few that knew about it, could, of course, exchange their U.S. dollars for something else, mm -hmm. wait for the devaluation. They could borrow up money from a bank and uh, exchange it for something else, wait for the dollar to uh, get devalued, then pay back the loan, mm -hmm. and the books of the bank still balance perfectly. How long has it and been the that the media well, has just been salivating all over the state? I mean, it, it, they certainly do it now, and it sounds like they did it back then based on the, the excerpt you read. How long has this been going on where the media does nothing but essentially repeat a press release from whatever state bureaucracy sends it out and then so you know true. proceeds to uh, pump it up as much as possible? Well, the, uh, what surprises me, though, is that it's like we're talking a completely different language from the collectivists and the statists. When they say, like, we've been fighting a war in Iraq, and I say, no, I have not been fighting a war in Iraq. <laughs> yeah, right. or, the people support that. No, I do not support that. I'm one of the people. Right. Oh, well, the over then you ha they to, to say things correctly is like a completely different language from what... Uh, and I've even caught you people on the how it, long it have happens. we been fighting a war in Iraq. I know, so it, we're still, uh, we're still guilty of messing up from time to time, but I'm doing better at, at keeping Mark on his toes yeah, with the whole trying. collectivist speak. You know, I'm, glad you, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up, but uh, because that's so important. I'm going to have to remind myself to do that, too, anytime I'm yeah. on the air. Uh, Try to catch myself if yes, I say we uh, or us. Just like or, proper grammar, you know, yeah. using a subject pronoun rather than an object pronoun. And I think part of the problem for, for the pop journalists out there is that, um, A, they don't have a very deep knowledge base. They they go into this not having been educated very well in government schools. They've been They've been indoctrinated and so on. But also... Um, I don't know that they're that interested in some of these things on which they're reporting, or uh, they've been assigned around. to the right. They want to catch a politician with their pants down. Yeah, they want to. They, they get don't this... really care about uh, you know what they're doing to our country and freedom and things like that. They they just care whether or not they're uh, you well, know and, and also, hookers or whatever. Also, if you get the big name politician, that they they tend to think. For example, here here in New Hampshire, we have one basically one network affiliate television station, WMUR. And uh, on my station, we're, we're affiliated with them on the news side of it. So I'm not super critical of them that much. No, and I might not. mention some things. I'll say, well, you know, you might not see this on the news, but I won't specifically target them that much because sure, the management will be upset. Yeah. Uh, but 
um, they will do reports, and if they can get an interview with the governor, it's a big deal. So I'll say, look, I don't care if I get the governor on my stinking show. <laughs> right. I don't care if he doesn't What's like he my say? show. I don't give a flying squat. You know, I, it doesn't matter. But for them, they're like, coming Sunday, a special one-on-one interview with the governor, yep. and every, you know, it's this, it's this build-up iconic stuff. Yeah. So, right. and the other thing about it is, it's just easier to take those press releases and take can the I point stuff. Something out? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, uh, you got a million couch potatoes with their thumb on the remote. There's football, pro wrestling, and cartoons and soap operas on the <laughs> other channels. Mm-hmm. A, a congressman got caught with a prostitute. Ooh, let me watch this. A congressman is discussing the discrepancy between the plain language of the United States Constitution and the judicial misinterpretations. <laughs> say what? C-SPAN. Yeah. So Back to the football. Cheerleaders. They, they go to where the money is. Yep. And that's why you shouldn't create government, because unfortunately, I hate to say this, but in no mass mediums, you're going for the lowest common denominator. You can differentiate and have lots of really spe- specific things like Home and Garden or History Channel or whatever, and people will turn to those. And if you have a very low budget, you can still do very well. But for mass media, you're going to go with dumb stuff. You're going to go with what gets people's hormones going. You're going to go with what's easy to watch. A beautiful woman doing the weather, no problem. A it guy talking for, about uh, financial policies, different. They have that, you know, by the way. And t- thank you for the call, Tom. We appreciate it. Uh, yep. they, they actually have that on the Hispanic channels. They've got 22-year-old oh, hotties oh, yeah. uh, doing the weather in bare, you know, midriff-bearing short shorts. Yeah, and, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and, but this is the thing that, that strikes me is... Is, Who um, doesn't like that? I think that's that's <laughs> another reason for us to, you know, if if I ever could establish, you know, my ideal non-government society, we wouldn't have a government because government tends to attract media to it. It's a very easy incestuous relationship, mm-hmm. and then people get suckered into these easy stories. Well, you've you've experienced it uh, with with your show, doing a, yeah. a show based in the capital of New Hampshire, Concord. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so obviously they're going to report on the the, the political goings on. Yeah. And it's the the attitude is that well you have to treat the politicians nice so they'll come back. Yeah, you have to have a relationship. You know that is a great point, but even a better point. Washington D.C. Doing a report with this woman, she's showing me the ropes on, a, on an internship. We go to do this thing on crack baby legislation. Dick Tapart wants money to keep parents off of co- cocaine, woman off cocaine. I was like, so we go back and do the report now. She's like, absolutely. I was like, aren't you going to get somebody from the other side? She goes, oh, well, no. I mean, we're reporting to his constituents. This is, wow. Like, um, sure. 1-800-259-9231. So laziness is a factor as well. More coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki, over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to edit it. You can change pretty much anything there. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Dot com. How much do you spend on coffee? JustPlainJoe.com offers over 60 different flavors roasted to order from gourmet Arabica coffee beans in whole bean or ground at just $7.99 a 12-ounce package. And it's roasted fresh to order. JustPlainJoe.com, most orders delivered within three business days via UPS. Buy five packages and you'll save on shipping. That's JustPlainJoe.com. 
com. It's excellent coffee. I've, I've, I give it my highest recommendation. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, let's continue here with the phone calls. We go to Elias in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Hi. Live. Hi. Are you up to hearing about corrupt city government? Sure. Do tell, sir. Pardon? Do tell. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to tell? Okay. It's, it's, uh, I'm in Michigan, and, the, and well, I've mentioned the name of the city. How's that? The yeah. city is called St. Clair Shores. Mm-hmm. It's on the shores of Lake St. Clair. What happened to us is it was a crime. They committed a crime against us. What they do? What they did essentially was, in the end, they tore our house down. They tore your house down? We, did this. We, we were ushered out, told to get out. We had, still had furniture in there, things in there. It was records, everything uh, you know, everything practically. We were living in the house, and and I went to this judge that they had, and I said, "I live. We live in the house. We had lived there for thirty years. The house was totally paid for, free and clear." And you see, wow. we were in our seventies. This this was a year ago when the ultimate thing came down, and this cruddy judge, this thing squatting on a bench. This is corrupt as the city. In fact, I found out later this judge was working with the city, and we weren't the only ones that they were doing this to. Did you say you were were in your 70s, sir? That the people who were getting old, and the house was totally paid for, they would just issue a a thing and said, we are going to tear the house down. That's all simple. And then they make up a tale of woe, like the foundation is collapsing. They just make up lies. Exploited. And no matter what you could do... The, the court would pay no attention to the fact that they would have a guy there. He's got a gun on. He's a gunslinger, and he starts coming towards you with a mean look in his eye if you open your mouth. Hmm. So, so did you say you were in your 70s? What they did, they threw us out. Me and my wife. And are my, you, did you say that you and your go, wife, sir, are in your 70s? I, I didn't quite catch that. Pardon? What is the age of you and your wife? Are you in your 70s? We were in our 70s. We're still in our 70s. Okay. okay. This started when we were about seventy years old. When did the, so? How about, long ago how, was this that they threw you out? Why? Well, just a lie. As I say, we found out later they're doing this to all to a lot of people all over the city. I contacted a guy that was on a committee in the city, and he said they're doing this to all kinds of old people. They don't pick on young people; they pick on old people. Where the houses be totally paid for. Where did you go you know, afterwards? They evidently want to get a hold of it or something. Ultimately, they tore it down. They got a hold of the of the bare lot. So they and just they, showed they, up. They didn't send you a letter or anything. Lot. What they did, my son, he wouldn't leave. So they came. They sent the police in there and they tasered them. Wow. Jesus? Now, had you been paying property taxes or had you stopped? Oh, they was all paid. Everything was paid. Wow. Oh, everything was paid. So they took and, this and because they, they said the house was blighted. No. Oh, no, they, I'll tell you what they ultimately said was the foundation is going to collapse. A total lie. So they were, hel- they were trying to they were save you, huh? You. Ah. Pardon? They, they claimed they were trying to do you a favor, huh? Well, I lost 100. The house was sellable at the time. In, uh, in, it was in 2002. Mm-hmm. It was sellable for at least $125,000. Did they cut you lost. a check? Did they even cut you a check or did they just take it? What did they... Pardon? Did they cut you a check or give you any money check. at all? They want... They want money for tearing it down, which amounts to $9,000. Dear God. Wow. And so what do you think? Uh, just speculate here for a second. What Listen, do you... I called a lot of people. I called Alex Jones at the Times and other people, and nobody, nobody responded. I put, up, I put up signs. My son put up signs. And you know what? The people around there, they didn't give a damn. 
Well, well, a couple yes. of people came and, and gave us sympathy, but that's all. Sure, it's not happening and, uh, to them. They nothing, can just pretend like it done. doesn't exist. Now, couldn't get any help anywhere. I went to the, the state senator. He just left. So where, it was a joke. Where did you go after that? Did you go live with your son, or what happened there? Just moved. You just moved. Mm-hmm. Could you well, speculate? My wife is living with the, just, my daughter. Just for a second, will you speculate? But they um, pages my son. Honest to God, they Elias, are you? Can you thing, hang on for just a moment? We got a question for you. I'm here. not going. Elias, wh- why do you think it is that they want to? T- they tore, tore down your house. What do they want with the lot? What, what are they doing? What's I'll what's their end game? There was a cop that moved in uh, uh, just next door. He had a, a vacant lot there. Uh huh. He was evidently in on it. Okay. Yeah. So they you think that? Pull with the judge. And uh, at first it went to the city judge, but they threw it out. They threw the case out. Then they went to the circuit court, state circuit court, where they had a, they had this judge who was in their pocket. I'll tell you why I knew that, because on the, on the paper that they sent me, the, the original judge was, was obliterated, and they put this other one on top of it. Elias, we're running, we're running short on time. I just have a couple more questions for you. It sounds like an awful situation, but it's totally believable. So how long ago was this this occurred? This has been going on since two. So you had your house stolen from you, Elias. You had your house stolen from you in 2002, so it's been six years? It wasn't stolen at that time. No, no, no. When did they take your house from you? fantastic thing about the house, that it was going to collapse. Well, there was nothing wrong with the foundation. In fact, the next day we went back, and looked at it, they had smashed it all down into the basement. But the basement They walls, smashed the, the foundation? The basement walls were all standing. So they, they implied when was it that this happened? I'm still trying to figure that out. When did they take ago, your house from you? The ultimate thing, the judge said, told them it's okay to go ahead and do it. When and did I you say, said, a year what, ago? What are you talking about? Okay, so what has happened to the property since then, Elias? Shut up. Elias, what has happened to the property since that time? Is there something new there? Well, the city's got it now. So the city they got it. They took it for the for the cost of the of the oh. prosecution. So was this an eminent the, domain the, uh, situation? The cost to, to no. tear the thing down, which is understand. almost ten thousand dollars. I didn't pay him the money. I said I wouldn't pay you a plug. Good for nickel. you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't pay him either. Well, but but they got but the there's lot. There's nothing you can do. Right, but they haven't done anything with it yet. They're just sitting on the lot, basically. It's empty. Well, I suppose they're going to sell it. Hmm. It'll go to the sheriff and they'll sell it. Yeah, they'll sell it to the, to the guy next door. I'll sell it to the guy next door. Yeah, right. Cop next door is going to get it. You're probably right about sure. that. He's There's the nothing one who's but criminals. All of them. They're criminals. I've heard this from other places. Oh, yeah. A city over here named you could have filled in any name of any city, There's and I would have believed you. There's a guy in Warner doing the same thing to him. He has a commercial property. This is what happens when you give people power. They use it, and they wield it over innocent people who've never harmed another person. I'm so sorry sure, that happened I, you know, to you. I Thank you for the call tonight, Elias. We appreciate it. Thank you. 800-259-9231. I know he had a lot more to say, but well, uh, we yeah, got the basic wouldn't story Wouldn't you be out. frustrated and, and yeah. crazy, you know, over, if that was, I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. I totally, I, I can totally get what happened. They said, oh, yeah, yeah, this base, basement will never do. Sorry, you're going to have to, <laughs> oh, we're going to have to tear this house down. And uh, yeah, and, and that at that point, it diminishes the value of what he had. He can't, mm-hmm. he can no longer live in it also. Yeah. And, uh you know, then they take it away. They know that nobody's going to pay them for demolishing their house. Yeah, <laughs> Who's going to do that? What kind of crazy craziness is that? And so, they, you know, they, they get the lot. And then you run away mm-hmm. to another corrupt town, and who knows what they'll do to you next. This is why it's time we stopped stopped cooperating with these goons. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy them on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We just took a phone call a moment ago from a uh, an older gentleman who had had an absolutely nightmarish experience with his city government where they literally stole his house from him and gave him nothing in return. And uh, there's another story that involves an older member of uh, mm-hmm. the American population. And Gardner, yes. you have that. I want you to share that with us in one moment. But first, mm-hmm. need to tell you that uh, Soviet-style central planning does not work. So what's the best way to reach out to liberty lovers? Google ads, direct mail, free talk live? Only you know what's best. You can choose what project is worthy of your dollar. Go to freestateproject.org slash donate and choose how you want to contribute. That's freestateproject.org slash donate. So uh, when someone who has been through government oppression, someone who was a survivor, as I understand your story that you're going to tell us here, someone who was a survivor of the Holocaust, Mm. has something to say about what's happening in America, you should pay attention as far as the police state is concerned because we talk about it on this show. We talk about the police state of America. We ask the question, uh, which we'd like to ask them, and that is that, well, if you don't believe it's a police state today, what would it take to get you to believe that it's a police state? And that's a good question because it helps people think about the issue and really try to figure out what their onus of criteria is uh, in order to believe uh, that that this is a, a police state. Yeah. But if you don't believe that the United States government or that the uh, the uh, this America that we live in today is a police state, then listen to what the people who've experienced police states have to say. It's chilling. It shakes people up a lot. But Ian, remember this is America. It can't happen we here. We can't have a police you know, state. And I'm sure that they I'm sure they say that in other countries too, and I'm sure that whatever country it is that has the police state doesn't say and we're and the police state yeah. brought to you by. Yeah. <laughs> and even if we do, it's for the best. Mm. You know? Uh yeah, what and, happened? Uh, just just a, a quick aside, uh it's sort of like when that, when uh, my friend Nadia from Siberia came here. What really frightened people when she came on my show was when she talked about how our governor in his state of the state address sounded like one of the old communist politicians. Yep. That got my management a little freaked out. That's that sort of commentary really is the most chilling to me. I mean, yeah. it's chilling enough yeah. to actually watch the awful big government things that are going on, the uh, the oppression, the tyranny, the the no knock raids, the gun confiscations, yeah. the checkpoints, the checkpoints that are north of the border. I mean, these internal so checkpoints. Right. There's just so much scary police state stuff going on. But when I hear the words of someone who yeah. has experienced it before, right. and I hear them say, "Look out." That really chills me. That yeah. really tells me something is happening here, and we better do something sooner rather than later. But what is Listen this story? To this. Oh, yeah, thank you, Ian. Um, uh, here's the story. Uh, this comes out of Florida. You can find it. Uh, and, and you can find a Google search on this one's from the PalmBeachPost.com. Friday, April 18th. Her children can't explain exactly what set off a 74-year-old grandmother of nine as she passed through security at Palm Beach International Airport. Which makes Um, it sound like she's just gone crazy. Exactly, the way this woman is writing this. Now, if you read an alternate version, like if you go to Bureau Crash, 
you'll see Bureau Crash as this written. <clears throat> Yesterday, Elena Reichman, a 74-year-old grandmother and Holocaust survivor from Florida, was arrested after not complying with TSA agents. Sari Koshetz, a spokesperson for TSA, noted that Reichman, quote, refused to remove the items from her pockets. Think about that. She's a dangerous woman. Yeah. Clearly. And it's the, as they say here, because Reichman failed to empty the contents in her pockets, when commanded by an agent of the state, she was placed behind bars. Well, this article from the Palm Beach Post doesn't really address this at first. They continue. They say she allegedly shoved a sheriff's deputy away from her. It was <laughs> now, now, this has happened to me. I've gone through the TSA and been surrounded by these goons. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I can totally understand where she's coming from. I knew better. But the, the guy was on me and said, you got a problem with that? Yeah. Huh? Huh? What are you, know, you like, going to do? He wanted you to start. Yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's what he wants. And, you know, they get in your space and all this other stuff. And I can. And they're trained you to do it. you aren't 74. I mean, I could understand some big guy wanting to start something right. with you. But a 74-year-old grandmother? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't like she gave him a shove. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I'm, sure it was just, I'm, I'm sure it's like, hey, stay, get Don't away touch me. from me. Yeah, get away. Absolutely. And, and to think that they had to arrest a woman who's 74. I could see a, a muscular guy like Mark, who, of course, all the women want to see without his shirt. Uh, I could see a guy like Mark. You know, if he got in a shoving match with somebody, Mark could be a pretty powerful shoving guy. A 74-year-old woman is not. And particularly when you consider, here's the rest of the paragraph, it was something about the U.S. Transportation Security Administration screeners asking Elena Reichman to take the safety pins out of her pockets and the Holocaust survivor worrying about the money the pins held. But from all the confusion at the airport Wednesday, the fallout was certainly concrete. Reichman missed her flight to New York for Passover mm. and instead took a trip to the Palm Beach County Jail wow. on charges of battery on a <laughs> law enforcement officer, a third-degree felony. Bunch of crap. So that's why they arrested her? Because she touched a cop? Yeah. Can't touch him. Yeah. I would love to hear the details of exactly what, There's what more. Uh, surrounded that. Check this out. Standing outside of Big Trouble bail bonds on Thursday afternoon. This is like something out of a of like a uh, Carl right, Hyacinth it's, novel. Right, it's, it's Pulp Fiction. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Elmer Leonard could have written this. Standing outside of Big Trouble bail bonds on Thursday afternoon, the Boca Raton woman pulled up her sleeves and showed finger-sized bruises on her arms. In a soft Romanian accent. Oh my gosh! So she's got bruises on her arms. You'd think the cop touched her, <laughs> and then she shoved him. See, this is the she thing. She clearly did it herself. You whatever, see. whatever it is they do is okay. Whatever you do is a charge. It's incredible. They have a picture of this woman. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd like to see the cop's arm or yeah. his chest. Yeah, where he it's, got shoved. It's incredible. It says here she said she spent. Uh, it says here she says this is what they did to me. Mm. Reichman said she spent three years in a labor camp as a youngster, oh and gosh. on Thursday she compared her airport experience to that time. But sheriff's officials stressed that the deputy who arrested Reichman wanted only to calm her. Oh yeah, that's how he, that's how she got the bruises. Well, it's amazing the way they train people to. Avoid these situations. Yeah, nothing's more Calm calming her than by a cop. bruising her body. <laughs> nothing's more calming than a uh, than a hulking cop yeah. uh, with a gun away. on his hip. I, I, you know, the the I don't know whether they train police to uh, calm people or not, but it seems to me that they uh, the, the evidence is that what I see in the news is that cops are trained to escalate the situation yeah. to see if they can get yes. you to jump up yes. to that next they level. They want you of, because exactly they and want you know an arrest. What? You know what? If they have a picture of this woman, and I'm looking at this picture, and I know you know I don't. It's not sort of 
some sort of weird cosmic connection. But if I could meet this woman, I'm looking at this photograph right now, I'd say, you know what? Good for you, woman. You kept that juice going from when you were a kid yeah. in a stinking concentration camp, and you had some other brute coming up to you. They never beat maybe her he, down. Good yeah, for her. Maybe he wasn't gonna. Maybe he wasn't gonna take your life. But you know what? You ended up behind bars anyway. You did the right thing. You know, I'm actually kind of saddened by the the first paragraph when they when they start out the story by saying that her grandchildren can't exp- couldn't explain mm. why. Mm. Well, I think that tells me that she hasn't spent very much time with her grandchildren or hasn't hasn't mm. really expressed to her grandchildren. Uh, how important freedom is or anything like that. She probably doesn't communicate very well with her, her grandchildren. It says to me really bad reporting is what it says. Well, no, they probably called the grandchildren for comment, and they're, well, I don't know why she'd do something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe it's because it's, they, she hasn't really explained to them what uh, what happened to her, or they don't really understand why um, refusing to, to obey is a good thing, and so it could be a failing of of just how the kids were raised there yeah. rather than a comment uh, about how they feel about it. You know, this is there's even more here. Uh, Reichman had trouble breathing and was hospitalized before being jailed Wednesday. Wow. She also fell and injured her knee sometime oh. between her arrest Wednesday and her release on three thousand dollars bond. Is that it? Yeah. Well, essentially, yeah. That's it. Hmm. And there are comments from readers. So there you go. That's, I w- that's I would love to hear more from her as far as you know how she felt. Uh, it, the, the sounds like the news agency didn't really do much more than look at her bruises. Yeah, looks like. It. Yeah, pay real close attention to this stuff, folks. I mean, if somebody who's been through the police state in another a police state in another country tells you, "Hey, look out! It's happening here," you should really pay attention. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can buy some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. You can buy virtually anything. You can buy Gardner Goldsmith's book. Hey, yeah. Which is called Live Free or Die. Yeah, that's and an idea. Yeah, you can do if you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com, you can purchase pretty much anything you need: uh, books, groceries. Now, I mean, furniture, electronics, you name it, they probably sell it. Go to Amazon.freetalklive.com and start your shopping experience. I haven't been to the uh, Live Free or Die page in a while, Gardner. Have you set, checked and seen if anybody's written any reviews or anything like that? Yeah, there? actually, there are a couple more reviews up there. Oh, I cool. was really happy. Yeah, uh, that's cool. People are liking it. So it's, it's good when you get the reviews because then the products... Occasionally, I will click on products on Amazon and they're yeah. so new or the seller is so brand new or whatever that... There, there are no reviews yet, and I always feel like, yeah, no reviews. It's all reputation. Know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really yeah. like the reviews, so it's yeah. important to have those. Yeah. It's good that you've got them. And it, it, I was, in fact, um, I was able to meet one of the people who wrote one of the reviews, the first review that was up there. And I was like, oh, that was so cool. She goes, oh, I like your book so much, and your dad's stuff in there is great. I was like, oh, thanks, and there are a couple other ones over now, so maybe I'll bump into those folks someday and thank them, too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, our, you're probably going to go to Porkfest, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm sure you'll get the chance to sign some books there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, by the way, you, uh, Gardner hosts his own t- uh, not TV show. Radio show, yeah, uh, and it's a weekday radio show, and you can get it. I heard your streaming was messed up today, but you can get a podcast version at 
at uh, libertyconspiracy.com. Yeah, and with a few clicks, hopefully people can get signed up if they want to subscribe, and we've got information up there. We'll have all all sorts of stuff. I just got back from Pittsburgh, so we're just catching up on the website now. But it's not your stream that was broken. It's the radio station. Yeah, yeah. What can you do about that, right? Yeah, precisely. All right, let's go to the phone calls here. Lee in Kalispell listening on KGEZ. Hello, Lee. Good day. What's on your mind? Hey, um, I'll tell you what I read and heard back in the mid to late 70s about a true police state okay. was technically it's when more than 50% of the people work for the government. Right now we're running pretty close, somewhere a little over 52%. Obviously you don't want to be against anything that would affect your position. Uh, Montana Fred could tell you to the thousands of the decimal place, but anyway... Yeah, he could. Um, <laughs> He knows. He, yeah, he's retired. That's now, what he does. But quick anyway, point uh, of information on that, Lee. The 52% number, as I understand it, is people that not only work for the federal government, but also includes people who will, for instance, receive a contract from the federal government and anyone who well, receives a paycheck point. from those contracts. So anyone who's sort of tangentially getting money, uh, for, like, you know, one step removed from the federal government is also, I think, included there. Yeah, that, that was the point. Back in those days, uh, however long ago it was, I was young, was uh, that when you look at people that have government contracts, let's say you make parts for Bradley's or the helicopters or anything, this is right after the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Well, they all have a vested interest. So machine shops, metal suppliers, on and on. So the number really drops down into the 30s. And I've seen 39 to 41.2% back then. So we've expanded so much, and especially in the last uh, five or six years, that makes our job almost impossible to get people to vote for something that's putting food on their table. Well, this is why voting will never be the solution to to our problems here. The system cannot be fixed by working in the system, and that's why I think that when we've seen instances of uh, market-based activism – it seems to be so powerful to me, far more powerful. One small instance of market-based activism, I think, can be more powerful than uh, than an entire political campaign. And but they've made it a point to ship all our uh, industry offshore um, to, you know, even limit that. And the unions, they haven't had any power since the 70s, and uh, they beat them to a pulp. So it's... You know, it's a real easy thing to throw in your towel, but, you know, I just say you got to keep plugging and keep throwing it at them. Well, you, but I, that's that's the technical definition. It's a 50-50, but in reality, it's about a 35. Well, now, 35. yeah, the the actual number of people working for the government, or at least all governments in America, is significant. I think we read numbers. It's over 25 million Americans are actually employed by governments in America, and it's higher than any other industry category. So it may not be over 50% at this point, but it is over and above every single industry category. More people are employed by the category of government than any other category in America. So we're well on the way to 50%. Well, we were on the way a long time ago. I've just watched it digress for the last 25 years, you know, so... Well, the question is, will it even get to that point? I mean, can can the society, the productive, those remaining productive people, actually support that many government bureaucrats, or will it crash before Americans are very productive. Um, Well, look at our deficit. You know, that kind of tells us that we really can't support that. Right. But, you know, they all think they're golden. They're, you know, got the golden parachute. Well, I work for the government. I can't get laid off. I work Mm. for Bonneville Power. I can't have a 
you know, on and on and on. Any anything, anywhere, city council guys. Yeah. Well, when the gang disbands, then they're going to be left uh, hanging in the wind, and you know, they don't realize that now. But inevitably, once the gang is uh, gone, all of their promises are gone too. Lee, thanks for the call. I, well, I, let me just mm-hmm. say this one thing. Yeah. Uh, our local uh, government employees, you know, state forest service to uh, road workers and stuff. Many, many call the local stations, and um, they understand. They believe. So there is some hope that, you know, it just isn't us. It could be any state. They understand that, boy, my job just isn't locked in like it was when I started when yeah. I was 24. I'm glad to hear that. They better start saving up. Thanks well, for calling, Lee. Appreciate let's it, keep man. our fingers crossed and uh, go from there. Thank you. Yep, thank yeah. you. 800-259-9231. You, you feel kind of bad because most of the... Most of the bureaucrats, they just they just wanted a job, you know. They just wanted a job so sure. they could get health care and so they could have uh, retirement. And, and it, it looks it looks easy. Uh, it know. is. It's pretty easy. And so that's why they're there. And so you feel bad. I mean, from a human perspective, when you're talking about getting rid of all these government programs and uh, making it so essentially that the, all the promises these people have received from the government is, oh, well, just work for us for 20 years and we'll take care of you for the rest of your life, this sweet pension here just waiting for you. Uh, if the government is dissolved and people aren't paying taxes anymore, then not going to be a pension for you, I'm afraid. But that's what happens when you contract with a gang of thugs. Mm. You know, the gang can make whatever promises it wants to you. Same thing with people that are getting, you know, welfare payments or Social Security or whatever other kind of payments they're getting from the government. You know the rules can change at any old time. And, and you know, with government deficit, deficit spending, we have victims who haven't even been born yet yeah, that are being preyed upon. True. And, and it makes it even easier for government to sucker people in, give them these sorts of jobs. I, it's sort of the path of least, least resistance for many people, I think, is to say... Oh, let's just go along with this system. I'll get that job. I'll be, you know, I'm a simple person. I want to just get a job, raise a family. Yeah, I like to help people. I'll get involved in the bureaucracy, and and that's what's in front of me. So mm-hmm. I'll dive in there. The alternatives are so strange and foreign to them. I think uh, it's it's really troubling. It, it, I like what you what you said, Ian, about how I, we're not going to change this through voting. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it it's, hasn't it's changed a private yet. initiative, market market ways of doing things. That's the way to do it. So uh, so that's one of the reasons why the, this concern for the human side of the, the equation, the, because these are people. They may seem like cold, heartless bureaucrats, but that's just because of the incentives of the job they're working in. They could be care, you know, caring individuals working in a uh, market-based uh, organization, and that's what we inevitably would want for them. But I still feel like it should, the, the transition should be as, as easy as possible for them. That way we can't be seen as evil. So I think that the proposal that I've made, and I've yet to hear a better idea, is is valid. And I don't know if you've heard this yet, Gardner, right? so I would love your thoughts. Mm-hmm. The idea is to simply give the bureaucracies to the bureaucrats. The schools, for instance. Schools, perfect example. schools are a great example. They have, they have a tendency to uh, you know, cost the most for communities. Uh, sure. You know, it costs so much to run one of them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think Ian's idea is uh, you give very shares. Good. You give shares to all of the uh, the bureaucrats and give it equally. So that way the administrators get the same share as the janitor. Okay. And then yeah. they have then full democratic control. You know how they love democracy. Oh, they have full true. democratic control over their school and they can yeah. set whatever policies they want. They can sell their shares to whomever they want to. And it will uh, immediately it will become a market based. But they would business. no longer have a monopoly 
over on anything. being able to get people's right. money against their well, the will thing or happen- monopoly uh, not open to competition. Right. In, in theory, the whole th- that same idea would happen with every bureaucracy. Some of them would have marketplace functions, like education is wanted in a marketplace, so they might be able to find customers. But you know, some other nonsense government board uh, sitting in a government building that's completely useless, well, they'll get their buildings and their cars, and then they can sell those their share to the buildings and the cars and you know get a cash payment at least to get them out the door and right. get back into uh, get back into society. You know, in a way, psychologically, this is also an improvement, too, because it brings people closer to reality. You know, the, the whole idea is competition, the real world, is better for us, not only because it makes us compete and we become more productive, but because it brings us closer to reality. When you've got that insulation where you can tax somebody who hasn't even been born yet, that's not real. That's a fantasy world. 1-800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. We've got to talk about 420. I know, it's the 21st, but it's as close as we can get. And a major smokeout. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231, and of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, the 420 news is still to come, but first we go to your phone calls, and Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy? Hey, guys. Hello. How's it going? Hey, did you have a good 420 yesterday? Oh, yeah, you betcha. You know, about every day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I got that impression, Jeremy. What were you calling about tonight? <laughs> well, I was wondering if you guys were planting any good gardens this year. Make sure you get uh, good nutritious food instead of all that poisonous stuff that they want to sell you at the supermarket all the time. Maybe this year we'll, um, my, my wife will start the garden, but maybe hey, next year. Well, you are buying, uh, you've got a nice piece of land out here in rural uh, New Hampshire and certainly plenty of room for a garden. Uh, I myself, not much of a gardener, and I have not been poisoned yet by the grocery store's uh, food, so I think I'll just keep buying it from the store. It's mighty convenient and tasty. Yeah, but don't you feel weak sometimes, like after you eat some of, of that like a TV dinner or something? No, the yeah. only time I feel bad is if I eat, like, a whole bag of chips or or something like that. And then I feel kind of, eh. but, you know, all things in moderation. Yeah, you should try some of that inner food, Ian. The what? Uh, inner food. What is that? It makes you, it's like all these different herbs and stuff you need on a daily basis. Hmm. Well, if I needed is it, it a product? That... Inner food is the name of a product? Yeah. If I needed all those herbs on a daily basis, how is it I'm still here? Well, because you'd have so much more energy if you had what you needed on a basis. I don't need any more energy, man. I sit around the house all day and make phone calls. I mean, it's not like I need to. (laughs) It's not like I need a whole lot of energy for anything. And I don't feel like I have a lack of energy either. I can get out, ride my bike, which I've been doing. The weather's been beautiful. I was out on it yesterday. Rode out to the bar for social Sundays, hung out with some free staters and liberty activists, and rode back. And if you, so. if you had more energy, though, just think how many more hooters you could smoke every day. Thanks for the call, Jeremy. I appreciate that. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All right. So here's the story. 
And it is an awesome story. Uh, DailyCamera.com. We reported before on what had happened to Colorado University students in the past. Uh, In 2006, Colorado University police dispatched undercover photographers to snap pictures of people smoking marijuana because they have this uh, 420 event that they do every year on the the campus of Colorado University where people smoke marijuana in public. And then what happened back in 2006 was the photos of the 150 alleged offenders were then posted on the department's website, and witnesses were offered $50 to positively snitch on the suspects who were then ticketed. Another year, smokers uh, were doused with sprinklers. But this time, a crowd of about 10,000 people began counting down on University of Colorado's Norland Quadrangle just before 4.20 on Sunday. Nine, eight, seven so on. Yet the massive puff of pot smoke that hovers over CU's Boulder campus every April 20th, the date of an annual internationally recognized celebration of marijuana, began rising over the sea of heads earlier than normal this year. Oh, forget it, one student said, aborting the countdown to 4.20 p.m. and lighting his pipe early. He closed his eyes, taking a deep, long drag. Sweet, he said. Although it's uh, become an annual and renowned event at CU, this year's 420 celebration was different in some ways than many previous years. The crowd this time was so large, it migrated from the uh, long traditional site of Farron Field to the larger Norlin Quad. Festivities kicked off earlier than normal with daytime concerts, and campus police handed out zero citations. According to Commander Brad Wisely, he said, at this point, none are anticipated. So they didn't snap anybody's photo this year. They didn't put anybody's picture on the Internet. They didn't offer a snitch fee. They're not going to charge anybody. He says, we can't do the same thing year after year, said the cop. So I doubt we'll do anything like the pictures. There's no way our 12 to 15 officers are going to be able to deal with a crowd of 10,000. We just can't do strong enforcement when we're outnumbered 700 or 800 to 1. You know, it reminds me of a story uh, when I was out in Pittsburgh, Ian. I was walking from one hotel to another. I walk by a drug bust, and they've got the guy handcuffed, and it's out by a bus stop. Uh, Cops just handcuffing the dude. The dude still had money in his his hands, and they had an undercover cop, you know, some dude all dressed up in a, you know, a two-cat and everything just hanging out. And I thought, man, you know, all I could think of was what a waste of of time and resources and mm. money. All these things. It's tremendous. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The amount of the amount of money and time is huge. I think that some police budgets, it's like fifty percent goes to vice. Well, th- that's what generates the money, you know. Sure. All the suckers that they that you know they never go after the guy in the Beamer, uh, mm. the guy driving out on uh, the you know the ritzy area of town. They won't go after him. They go after the people that look poor. They go after the people that they can easily victimize. I mean, they are bullies. That's pretty much what they are. So they go after the people that, like bullies do, they pick on the little ones. They pick on the ones that are going to roll right over and pay the fine. The ones that are going to plead guilty and take whatever's coming to them and then, you know, try to get on with their lives. Mm. But in this case, uh, 10,000 people was enough to dissuade the police from doing anything this time. And uh, the consistency also, even if it was less than 10,000, the cops were just getting tired of, of trying to handle this situation. It was just year after year. It's not shocking this year. They you know? keep going. I mean, they, they haven't stopped them. The fact that the cops tried to target them before did not stop them from doing it the next year, and it didn't stop them from doing it this year. The crowd size at last year's gathering was rumored to have topped 5,000, which means that this year it about doubled. It says here that, uh, so 
Yeah, and it goes on to discuss uh, some of the, uh, the participants and uh, some of the students obviously wanted to talk about decriminalizing marijuana, which I think is great. It's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, but I think that these kids deserve a round of applause because they <laughs> have done something incredibly b- uh, brave. And they do it every year. They get out in public and they break the law. They break a bad law that deserves to be broken and should be broken far more often. And I don't hear very many other stories about things like this happening except from the campus of, uh, of Colorado University. I'm sure there were some other ones out there uh, on 420 or thereabouts this past week. Of course, 420, the, uh, the international pot smokers holiday, as it, is, uh, as it is called. But I just wanted to, to, uh, to throw that out there to those kids because they did a good thing. And, and we need more of it. And not just necessarily uh, for marijuana disobedience, but like we did over the weekend, we did a gambling disobedience here in Keene. And even though there were only five people at this one, the police completely ignored it. And so we're just going to step it up. I mean, next time we'll move from pennies to nickels. And then maybe we'll add in some extra stuff like open containers of alcohol, a little marijuana who knows? Maybe even a topless woman or two at some point. And uh, you know, when are they going to get? When are they going to make an arrest? When are they going to stop ignoring us? Because it seems like, as you were saying, Mark, uh, that we're definitely in the they are ignoring us phase, according to the the Gandhi. They're, they're trying to. Yeah. So uh, so I I wish we had more of this going on. If there was more of this going on, then the legitimacy of the state would I think crumble a whole lot faster, because they either crack down or they do nothing. And if they're doing nothing, then what does that say about their laws? Well, one of the nice things is is here in New Hampshire in particular with all the free staters out there and the, uh, the Internet, your show, uh, and other media uh, outlets out there, it's not just going to be happen- happening in isolated vacuums, which is one of the things that the state can't stand is if you're doing it in an isolated spot, then their coercion and their arrests and so on, uh, all people are going to hear about in the local paper is, you know, arrested, so on and so forth. They're not going to hear your side of it mm-hmm. very rarely. Yeah. And that'll be, oh, well, we're being protected against bad things, you know? Right, but if, if you can publicize it. If you can publicize it and you have other people across the state who are doing the same thing to show, hey, you know what? This was done and the state didn't collapse. The people didn't collapse. Uh, I should say the society didn't collapse. Yeah. Well, one of the That's nice things key. about being here is that we have our own media. So we don't have to rely on yeah. the newspaper to report on it. We don't have to rely on the uh, what, whatever the traditional kind of big media to report on it because we're building, slowly, building our own media. You've got your show, Against the Grain Gardener. You can listen to it at libertyconspiracy.com. Free Talk Live, both weekday shows. Uh, that's just the radio side of things. Uh, there's also television programming being created in, in Concord and in Keene here in, in New Hampshire, uh, created by free staters and also natives. In fact, some of the activism we're seeing from New Hampshire natives, I think, is more effective and more than what many of the free staters uh, have been doing. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and kept it off. 
See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to get off the fad diet roller coaster forever? Check out notfatanymore.com. 800-259-9231. A little bit more on the 420 edition of Free Talk Live here. Uh, we've got a story out of the... It's 421. I know, but we don't do a show on Sunday, and 420 was Sunday. Said, the only damn holiday he cares about. Yeah. As, as though it is <laughs> a holiday. I like Halloween. Background. I like Halloween. It's, it's, Halloween's fun. I don't know if there are any, any other ones. I like Independence Day. Independence Day I like cool. that one. Yeah. I like Thanksgiving. So yeah. I've got a I've got a few holidays in my repertoire. Where'd you go there. for Thanksgiving? Who'd you have over? I went down to the uh, the party. There was a shindig where uh, all the free staters got together and had a little Thanksgiving. Oh, a lot of fun. You got me on. Were that you one. there? I don't know. Oh, you weren't there. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so here's a story out of California. Marijuana policy project. A clinical trial conducted at the University of California at Davis, just published online by the Journal of Pain, has de- uh, demonstrated significant relief of neuropathic pain, which is pain caused by damage to nerves, stemming from a variety of causes. This is the second study in just over a year to show that marijuana relieves uh, neuropathic pain, which is notoriously resistant to treatment with conventional pain drugs, including opioid narcotics, which is uh, hydrocodone. Yeah, that's that's the big stuff that they, uh, the the addictive stuff that they prescribe for the largest pain. Right, so they're saying that conventional drugs like hydrocodone or oxycodone not so good at treating this uh, neuropathic pain, but marijuana, A-OK. In the new study, 38 patients experiencing neuro- uh, neuropathic, neuropathic pain from diabetes, spinal injury, multiple sclerosis, and other causes were given marijuana cigarettes of three different strengths. 0% THC, which is the placebo, 3.5% THC, or 7% THC. In each session, patients took the same number of puffs following a standardized procedure to ensure uniformity of the dose received at each strength. Both doses of marijuana reduced pain significantly, producing marked declines in pain intensity that lasted for over five hours. Researchers Barth, Wisley, and colleagues wrote that side effects were relatively inconsequential and psychoactive effects were minimal and well-tolerated. Although the scientists did express caution about the neurocognitive effects of a higher dose, reflected in lower of the higher dose, reflected in lower scores on some tests of memory and problem solving, the study was not designed to examine the potential for marijuana to be a, to allow reduced doses of narcotic painkillers that also cause cognitive impairment, a benefit widely reported by patients. This is yet more proof that the American College of Physicians was right that the U.S. government policy on medical marijuana is totally divorced from scientific reality, according to Rob Campia, executive director of the Marijuana Policy Project in D.C. Congress needs to act to end the federal war on medical marijuana, but in the meantime, states should act on their own to protect medical marijuana patients from arrest, as several states are considering right now. So more yeah. good medical news cool. on the marijuana front. Our positive studies continue to come out, and no one has has yet to die from smoking a joint. Yet. It will not happen. I feel like a lot of people uh, just, you know, they, they think this whole medical marijuana thing, that, that people just use it as a hoax to uh, be able to smoke marijuana. You know, oh, I have a, oh, I got a stitch in my side. I better go to the doctor. And good get- for them. Right, and and I don't care. Yeah. So what? Imagine for a second that 99 people out of 100 um, are fakers. One person is getting the help because this mm-hmm. is scientific proof. It's here. Scientific proof that it helps pain. Yep. One out of 100 people is legitimate. Would you take away the help for that one person simply because 99 people are going to abuse it? 
It's a good question. It's their life. You wouldn't yeah. take away their right to drink alcohol. They could do that. So we were out at this uh, gambling disobedience, which also was a kind of an outreach event for just the pro-liberty message in general, and there was a cop there. As I said, the, we were gambling, or they were, the, the, I wasn't, but they were gambling in front of the cop. And uh, I gambled. Yeah, good, good. Uh, the cop actually came by and had an extended conversation with him about prohibition. And with whom? The cop. I did. Okay, you did. Yeah. Well, there were a couple other people standing around throwing in things as well. So we had a conversation with this cop, and he was of the belief system. First of all, he didn't really know what prohibition even meant, number one. <laughs> he thought that – he said he was against prohibition but in favor of um, making drugs illegal. And uh, we had to correct him on that and say, well, that means you are in favor of See, prohibition. See, now I heard that the Keen cops are all college graduates. <laughs> Well, they went to the school of hard knocks, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, you never know. so so uh, so he didn't really even know much about prohibition in general, but he sure liked the idea of keeping drugs out of people's hands. He thought that if marijuana was ever legalized, let alone the hard drugs, he thought that if marijuana was legalized, we'd have all kinds of people out there abusing marijuana, and uh, society itself would crumble uh, if marijuana was legalized. So, I mean, just the. The mentality of some of these people out there, is, they're just were so able brainwashed. To, were you able to crack through that exterior a little no, bit and get you know, through to them a little bit? Later or? I thought of some questions I should have asked, but I, I didn't think of them uh, you know, on the spot right there. I mean, we tried what we could, but it, he was so indoctrinated. I mean, wow. I, I should have asked him that. I should have asked him something like, if, if I could, is it possible that you're wrong? That's what I would like to know. You know, can he even see the possibility that he might well, be misinformed? It, and you know what's fascinating? As you're describing this to me, it really does tear the artifice off of a lot of things where you have a one man, a man, who's standing there, and he had the potential, particularly, particularly if he was armed and other people were not in this mm-hmm. particular area, he had the potential to go and forcibly take people away stop them from engaging in that peaceful activity where they were all agreeing to engage in the activity with one another. He would have done this under the so-called legitimacy of his prerogative to be able to do that, given to him by the state, which is, or the government in the abstract, the state, Mm -hmm. which is other people, which is, again, it's sort of this reinforced fantasy that everyone has... This is a guy, and you can ask him, sir, would you approach these people and forcibly lift them up and pull them away and stop them from doing this? And he would answer, well, I'd, I'd be doing my job. It's the law. Mm. The law, you as a person would be doing something that other people as people say is all right to do to us. That's what you'd be doing. Because it's written in a piece of paper, right. that makes it better. But he didn't do that with the gambling. But from what he was saying about marijuana and, and other drugs, it seemed to me that this man would have definitely have taken, uh, you know, taken action if someone had sparked up a yeah. joint. Yeah. So for some reason, gambling, well, that was okay. We could leave that alone. But he was very vehement about the idea of anybody becoming intoxicated. And I said, well, okay, so does that mean you support uh, making uh, alcohol illegal? Because alcohol, you know, leads to all kinds of violence and far and more violent, and, uh, you know, drug that causes far right, more violence. Right. And, and yeah. he said, "Well, yeah, you kind of had to think about that." I said, "Well, do you drink?" He said, "Well, I don't drink very much, and if I do, it's only a beer or two. So I got him to to uh, to admit that he would. He's a drug he, user. Well, mm-hmm. well, yes, he's a drug user, but he he doesn't want to make alcohol illegal. Fully, but what he would like would be to make it so anyone who is under the influence or inebriated in some way 
should be illegal. So actually getting drunk should be illegal, but drinking alcohol, not so much. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, including live streams, broadband version, and a dial-up version. Both are free for you, so enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening this year from June 9th through the 15th, and at Porkfest... You'll be able to see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live and expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. I want to tell you a little more about what this cop said to me uh, the other day. We were talking to him at uh, the Outreach of Freedom Fest here in Keene. But let's go to your phone calls first. Robbie in Wisconsin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Robbie? Oh, Wanted to call in and discuss uh, what happened to me uh, the other night. On, actually, it was Saturday night around 3, 3 a.m. I was over to a friend's house. We had a, we had a bonfire. We were, um, one of my friends brought over some smoke. We were smoking, and we hung out, and everybody, cleared, most people cleared out, and it was just me and um, my friend, his wife, mm-hmm. and his four-month-year-old son. And around uh, shortly after 3 in the morning, well, I'm, I'm a, I stepped outside. He's got a uh, porch in his backyard, and he had... He has an upstairs apartment, and I'm sitting there smoking a cigarette, and uh, I see uh, cop cars driving around the block. And then I, all, I, all of a sudden, I'm, I look over, and I see about four cops running through his backyard with flashlights. They shine their flashlights up, up at me, and I, I bust inside, and then they start banging on the door. And the next 45 minutes, they were he wouldn't even open his door. He talked to him with his door closed. And Good for him. To come in, demanding to come inside and, and asking, they're saying they're, claiming there were minors there, and he's like, the only minor here is my four-month-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And they just kept harassing him and telling him to open the door. What were they What were they trying to get him to open the door for? What was the allegation? Saying that there were minors upstairs, and they had this big party going on, which is completely the opposite. The people downstairs, every week. So, wait, have... it's illegal to have a party with minors in the house? What was the alleged crime? Apparently, they were saying that someone was there that was a minor. And, like, the people downstairs, uh, like, uh, was it that, well, like two week last weekend? They had vegetable oil dumped all over their uh, kitchen floor, and they're like, "We're skating." And then a week before that, they had a lawnmower that they stole from one of their neighbors running in their house when they were all partying, and they uh, were accusing him. But it was the people downstairs because it's a, it's a duplex, and his hmm. door is actually first. And he's like, "You're going at me. I'm a thirty-some-year-old man. I've got a I've got a four-month-year-old son here." And he had to repeat himself over and over again and refuse to open the door. Yeah, they don't really care what, what he has yeah. to say, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so they, what, were they threatening him? Uh, you said that they were down there for 45 minutes? Yep. And he had to keep repeating himself over and over again. Wow. And he, he actually called the uh, called the police station and talked to the, 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 the sheriff or the captain. The captain, he talked to the captain. He's like, I, I really don't like, you know, the way they're treating me. I'm. He's They're actually... Moving next, uh, actually on Wednesday, they're actually moving, leaving town. Hmm. His wife's getting a different job, and he's like, "I really don't like the way you're treating me. You're going after me." With the people downstairs are running a lawnmower inside in the middle of uh, middle of the night on the weekend, 
having tons of people over partying, doing all kinds of stuff, and you're coming after me and my and my wife and accusing us of having minors inside. So, wow. So you were there to hear all this, huh? Yeah, I was there. I didn't go down to the door, but, yeah, I, I could hear hear the cops barking at them. And, yeah. So did you get to hear any of the threats the cops made? I mean, inevitably, they must have made some sort of threat, right? Like, you better open this door or else. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get to hear any of that, or you couldn't quite make out what they were saying? I, I could make out some of the things they were saying. Yeah, they were, yeah. Like why don't you why don't you want to open the door? Why can't we come inside and look around? He's like, I, there's nothing to see inside. Yeah, oh, well, I know what you guys will do. Now, do you think he would have been better off had he not even gone to the door? I mean, what's if you're not going to open the door for the cops? And I don't think you should. But some people feel like they have some sort of obligation to speak to the cops, and from mm-hmm. what I can tell, they don't. So, I mean, would he have saved 45 minutes of his time if they just ignored the cops, let him pound away on the door? They might then, just tear the door down. But they don't have a, they don't have a warrant for that. Do you, and what do you think is going to happen? They saw me on the porch outside smoking a cigarette. You know, that's, I don't know if that's probable cause for them or what. But. No. I mean, if they wanted to come in, they would have come in. So mm-hmm. it, they, the burden, according to Barry Cooper uh, from NeverGetBusted.com, the burden of proof is much higher on them if they actually come into your house. At least right now. I mean, they could change the law and make it so they can go in anytime they want to. I mean, so it could change in a, in a moment's notice. But for now, it's more difficult for them from their procedural viewpoint to actually go into somebody's home without a warrant or, uh, t- you know, unless they're chasing a murderer or something like that through the neighborhood, they don't really have any reason to come into your home. And most people are used to going to the door and answering it for the police because, well, that's what they think they're supposed to do. It's what they see in the movies. It's what they believe they're supposed to do. And the cops will lie to you. They'll try to scare you and get you to think that you need to or else they're going to do something. But, you know, if they wanted to come in, they would have come in, and they didn't. They just stood out the- there and yelled for 45 the, the most fun is to talk to them for a few minutes and then walk away. Now that yeah, <laughs> you'll really have a you'll really have a great time there. Yeah, that would have been that probably would have been good. Okay, no thanks, guys. Have a nice night. Good night. Yep. And more people under- need to start doing that. More people yeah. need to refuse to answer the door for the police because they are not there to help you unless you called them. And I wouldn't recommend calling them because we've seen instances where people have called the cops expecting them to help, yeah. and they've ended up arresting the person that called for you know some trumped-up charge or nonsense. The fact is their job is to arrest people and put them into cells, to put warm bodies in cold cells. That's their job, and if you open your door to them, they are going to be sniffing around for reasons to put you in that cell. And so there's yeah. no reason whatsoever to do it. So you, if you haven't congratulated your friend yet for not opening the, the door, oh, you absolutely should. I have, should. yes, I have. I have, yeah. Well, glad that turned out uh, as well as it did. He only wasted 45 minutes of his time, which is a better investment than uh, you know going to the jail for an entire night and possibly getting exactly. charged with something. So he exactly. did well. And thank you for the story, dude. We appreciate hearing from you. Okay. 800-259-9231. Very interesting. 45 minutes, they yelled and stood out there and yelled at this guy, trying to badger him into opening his door. They could have gotten upset at that, Mark. They could have busted in then, right? Yeah, they could have. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I had a uh, a, a tax assessor uh, come out to the uh, the property where we were building right now. Oh, and uh, nice. Yeah, he, he moseyed on in. Um, now, there aren't there weren't doors at the time, so... Right. But he came in my house without asking, um, and you know, house might be not the right word there either. And uh, you know, he, he started talking, and and 
I guess you know he was going to assess the place as to how far along we were. He wanted to ta- they want to tax me right now. as soon as right. possible. As soon as possible. And I said, "Are you telling me that the town is going to tax me on how far along we are, but I don't have an occupancy permit? The town won't let me live I- and use this structure, but they're going to tax me yeah. on the structure they won't let me use." Yeah, that's about right, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how it is, buddy. <laughs> I said, well, good luck. And I turned around, and I walked up the stairs good and luck. left him. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't tell him, you've got to leave my property or anything like that. Yeah. I just said, goodbye. Mm. I didn't say goodbye. I said, good luck. But, yeah, yeah, that's it. 1-800-259-9231. we got a Matt in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. Howdy, guys. What's hey. on your mind? Hello? Hey, what's on your mind? I do, so I want to talk about the uh, marine that threw that puppy off the cliff. Uh, I think it was uh, a year ago. Has it, is it that long ago? I mean, I saw the video maybe a month, month and a half ago. Yeah, well, the, I think the video hit after, you know, a long time after it actually occurred. But yeah, yeah the Marines exactly. have been killing dogs for a while. Hey, well, I mean, I, I want to make a, you know, a suggestion on, um, about the fact that people said it was a cliff, but actually, I believe it's more like a hill of some sort. Okay, that's interesting that you believe that. I mean, what about the uh, what about the the uh, videos of uh, Marines and Army guys shooting dogs, kicking well, I dogs? I mean, my son was over there uh, at the beginning of the war, and he said that uh, you know one of the fellows took a grenade and uh, actually uh, taped it in the dog's mouth and pulled the pin and watched his son bitch run around until it blew up. Yeah, Gosh. I believe it. Oh man. Yeah, I've seen some awful, awful videos of uh, what those guys do to dogs. I mean, I mean, you know, the problem is with these uh, these guys. You got, I mean, you got these people that are, you know, that say things about the, uh, you know, about the soldiers and whatnot. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, you no know, wars going on. I mean, maybe I don't believe in the war. Maybe I do believe in the war. But uh, either way, I mean, they're troops. You know, you really can't be saying bad things about them all the time. Oh though. well, I don't know about that. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You do something bad, we're going to talk bad about you. You kill dogs. Um, hey, there you go. E B B. I, I wondered about the, that was coming, the, yeah. the Canadian that said uh, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month. We take that money and reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations across the country and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty. So join the program and uh, get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. Ladies first, Kathy. In Kalispell, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Kathy. Hi, how are you today? Just great. What's on your mind? Well, um, I like to say that um, I'm a widow of uh, 13 months. Sorry to hear that. And yeah, and um, yeah, my husband passed away at Brendan House, a wonderful place. I'd like to kind of give them a tip. Uh, But anyway, um, I'd like to say that I was. Going into this building, uh, it, it over in um, it's like an army building. Mm-hmm. Army, um, I guess it's army. It's a veterans type building. Okay. okay. And uh, I didn't. This man, this tall man with gray hair, 
a really heavy set man came up behind me and he grabbed me Whoa. and I screamed and I said, let go of me. And, and, uh, I went down to the police station that day and I, I, I talked to the police there at the desk. The one that's, uh, the police station is going out towards the Rosars. One of the we don't know. I, we're not actually living in Kalispell. This is a syndicated oh, program, so we have no facility. idea what you're talking mm. about. But go ahead okay. with your story. Go to the cops. So, yeah, so I, uh, uh, I told the police officer what had happened, and she was a lady. And uh, I said, is it okay if I um, use my mace? Because I, next time, if, this, if I have any trouble like that, I says, I have a big thing of grizzly mace because we have grizzly bears out in Glacier mm. Park, and I go out there a lot, so I carry grizzly mace. Damn, right. and, I need to get some of that <laughs> grizzly yeah. mace. We need you around says, to keep no. us safe. She said, you better not use that because you might hurt him. Oh, okay. But he bruised my arm, and he grabbed me, and uh, he hit me in the back, and he just he just came up behind me and just... How did you get away right... from him? What, yeah. what, how did well, you... he, his wife was in the back room. At this military uh, I let out a scream, and she came running, and then he let go of me. And then you left, or where did you go after that? No. At first, I, I told the lady, I said to the lady, I said, uh, uh, this man, and she said, oh, that's my husband. I said, uh, put his hands on me. Uh, he actually touched my back all the way down, excuse me, down past, down to my legs. I'll see mm, that. Mm-hmm. Wow. My whole back and my whole body. Was he trying to harm you or trying yes, to sexually? Yes, he was hugging me. He wanted, to, he wanted a kiss. He was trying to hug me and get me to turn around and kiss Very him or strange. something. What, now, it just, was he working there? Was he there? Yes. Yes, he was. Wow. And what did you do after that? Uh, well, you know, the thing of it is, at the time my husband was alive and he was blind, and my husband was blind for two years, and he was sitting in the car, and then this man went over and started talking to my husband and asking him where I, we lived, because uh, I, he had overheard me tell his wife that I was going to move and I probably would need some people to help me move furniture. And he said, well, I'll help you move. And uh, he went over and started questioning my husband. And I said, don't tell him where we lived. And I got the car started, and I went to the police station. And I said, may I please use the grizzly mace if I'm attacked like this? I said, I'm afraid I don't have any other weapon but the grizzly mace. And I said, can I use that? She says, no. She said, you better not. It might hurt him. Huh. Well, thank you for the call tonight. I would say to that uh, that you know, if you are being harmed, if you feel as though your life is in danger, yeah, then I would say that yeah, you should use the damn grizzly mace and get the hell out of there. He probably yeah. won't know who you are anyway to report you to anybody. He'll probably be so embarrassed he'll just go home. I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Well, uh, when I told his wife, his wife says, "Oh, he's just real friendly." Yeah, yeah a little right. too friendly. He deserves a little mace in the face uh, if he keeps, you absolutely. know, if he keeps being rough with you. Know, if he's being rough with you and he's not letting go, you absolutely have the right to fight back. Then I wouldn't and, care what that cop said. Thank you for the call yeah. tonight. And you know, even if she has to suffer some short-term consequences, maybe going through court or something, hopefully it wouldn't be too much of a hassle. It's for better her. than being raped or Absol- whatever. Absolutely. And and by the way, uh, uh, if you're listening out there. Um, there, there are a couple things that you can do just real quick to remember. If you're in a situation where other people might be nearby and you know you're not going to be isolated from that guy for too long, if you can get away, uh, if he's behind you, drop down, bend your knees, drop down into a crouch, and grab one of his arms and pull it over your shoulders. And he'll immediately fall over, fall forward over you, and he'll be down on the ground. Like a judo move. Yeah, it depends on his, on his weight. He could try to pick you up if you were really, really tiny. If, if he's not too big... 
you can you can roll the guy right over your shoulders. You might need a little practice to do something like that. Yeah, but it's it's the sort of thing. It's uh, it's a really simple self defense thing. If you can practice it with somebody, it's it's a very handy move. And uh, well, certainly martial arts is a valuable thing for people to get into if they're. I like the grizzly mace. Yeah, Yeah, the the grizzly grizzly mace mace is a much better idea. Uh, Give him a snout full of that. Hey, I said I'd mentioned I said mentioned something earlier about a hunger strike, and I wanted to make sure I got this out there. Uh, Here's this is the latest. From the good people over at the We the People Foundation, these poor poor bastards, they keep trying the legal solution. <laughs> like they've been trying for they're years. Good, good folks. Yeah, they're great people, uh, but they they keep trying every legal possible legal venue to reform the state and and right. uh, bring it down to at size. The, at this point, I feel like they, they they've exhausted everything. They've gone through the Supreme Court. They have. The Supreme Court has uh, rejected re- rejected even hearing their uh, First Amendment argument that uh, the the right to uh, petition the government for address of grievance. Right. Essentially, the government's position, backed up by the Supreme Court, is that, sure, you can petition the government, but we don't actually have to respond. You can say stuff to us, but we don't really even have to respond to you in any way, shape, or form. And so that's been so the government's feel position. Feel free to write your letters. Yeah, so piss off, citizens. <laughs> uh, essentially, that's essentially the message of the government. And yeah. the We the People has, has been talking about what their next step is going to be, and so now it has been outlined. Uh, apparently on June 30th, the organization... Of, of We the People will serve petitions burned to a CD to the Washington and district offices of every member of Congress. Now, they've done this before. They have served them petitions in the past, and they've asked for a response, and they gathered people together in Washington, D.C. to hear the response of anybody from the government that would come out and talk to them. And nobody did. No one came out. And so that's what led to the lawsuit, which went all the way up to the Supreme Court, where they slapped it down and said, piss off, we don't care what you have to say, go away. And so now at this point, they're going to give the petitions again to each member of Congress. But the difference this time is that Bob Schultz, who we met at the Liberty Forum this year, he's the man in charge of We the People. He is then going to, after a 40-day time period, they're going to uh, allow 40 days for the bureaucrats to to write back to them. Bob Schultz vows to begin a hunger strike on August 11th on the west lawn of the Capitol, right where the rally took place uh, that they apparently hosted uh, a few days ago. He says, I'll be down here. Either I'll pass away or they're going to respond to these petitions. Something's got to happen. So he's talking about a hunger strike to the point of death if they don't respond to the petitions. Mm. So that's what's coming next for... He's a brave man. I, I, I don't know. I mean, hunger strikes, have you seen... A, I haven't seen a hunger strike do anything since the Gandhi movie. We'll see what happens. It's it's an interesting approach, and uh, you know, I we'll hope see what so. they say. I, I really do. I think he's a great man, and uh, you know, I, I love their organization and what they're trying to do. Um, I hope I, it, it seems like what the, what's the government going to do? They're probably going to ignore him for a while, yeah. and then uh, and then they're going to send somebody down there to uh, drag him off and uh, make sure that he gets hook uh, him up to an IV or yeah, something right. like that, right? Get some sustenance in that manner, and and even if the hunger strike, even if I mean, you know, look, Ireland uh, was, I think, the last example. Uh, who was the guy, the Irish guy who did a hunger strike there for the IRA, I think? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, he died. You know. Oh, my he, gosh. Yeah, he died. So uh, I don't want to lose Mr. Schultz because he does good work. So. Well, we'll keep an eye on it and let you know what uh, what's going to happen. But, you know, the, this whole working within the system thing, I've got other stories that we're not going to have time to get to, but apparently the Ron Paul activists have been cracked down upon uh, by the GOP to the point where they've been disqualifying Ron Paul activists 
from their uh, conventions mm-hmm. with any possible trick they can possibly muster up. Yep. Uh, they've been very upset that these freedom lovers have been coming in and trying to take over their political party mm-hmm. using the party's own rules, using the party's, you know, the Roberts rules and all that boring crap that oh, you yeah. get in the political mm-hmm. parties. Mm-hmm. They had come to this convention in uh, St. Louis. It also happened in Florida. Something similar happened there. They came to a convention to try to influence things, and they were kicked. They were literally kicked Summarily out. Literally kicked out. Right. So, I mean, how is it that anybody still thinks they can change the system with the system? It's just, it doesn't work. It was designed to get bigger and designed to prevent you from doing anything significant to it. Certainly appears that way. Uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, wanted to mention was the cop I was talking to at Freedom Fest. This yeah. prohibition loving cop. He made a comment that I've heard a few other times by people that sort of worship the, the concept of the state. His comment was that the people in Washington and the people in the state house were smarter than he is. The idea is that politicians and our leaders, the authorities, are somehow smarter, better people, and so therefore we should listen to what they have to say. Right, and, and where did you get this information? This, the idea that they might be smarter. They are absolutely not. It's so They are sad. not imbued with uh, our thoughts. They, they don't know. They don't represent us. We'll see you tomorrow night yeah. online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The cynic says, I started losing my hair and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacore two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacore's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacore's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacore and receive boost just for trying Avacore. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.